Welcome once again to the EAE podcast as we bring you episode number 71 in our series. I'm your host, Laura Rumbley, Director for Knowledge Development and Research at the European Association for International Education. I'm so grateful you're listening in. It's early September 2023, and many of our international education colleagues from across Europe and well beyond are preparing to travel to Rotterdam at the end of this month to join us at the EAE's 33rd Annual Conference and Exhibition. Among the many issues conference participants will be discussing is, of course, the ongoing war in Ukraine. The 18 months of armed conflict there continue to create enormous challenges and pressures for the Ukrainian people, including in the higher education sector. And the conference program includes a variety of sessions that highlight how different actors inside and outside Ukraine are working to respond to this ongoing crisis. Additionally, and very movingly, EAE conference goers this year will also have an opportunity to learn more about the ultimate price that some students have paid as a result of the war in Ukraine through a unique and powerful installation titled Unissued Diplomas that will be set up in the exhibition hall during the conference. We spoke recently with Darina Zavoronya, a Ukrainian student herself and project manager of the Unissued Diplomas Initiative, to learn more about this student-led effort focused on honoring the memories of students whose lives have been lost to the Russian invasion and who will therefore never complete their studies. The EAE is honored to be hosting this exhibit in Rotterdam, which has already been displayed at some 45 higher education institutions in more than 20 countries around the world. Very nice to meet you, Darina. Thank you for taking the time. Um, we are here today to talk about the Unissued Diplomas Project. There are lots of things I could say by way of introduction, but I would really like to turn it over to you. If you could help our listeners understand what is the Unissued Diplomas Project and how did it come about? Mm -hmm. So Unissued Diplomas is a worldwide exhibition of the diplomas that were never issued. Uh, those are diplomas to those Ukrainian students uh, who were killed by Russia. They were supposed to get those diplomas, but they never did. Uh, and this project started in Toronto, uh, in Canada. Uh, actually, like initially, we planned to um, to implement it only in Toronto. Uh, then we moved to uh, we expanded like to Canada, and then we thought like maybe we'll try to implement it uh, worldwide. Maybe we'll try to to do something in Europe. Maybe in Australia. So this is how it started from like a draft on the paper. Um, from small idea that would that was limited only uh, in in terms of Toronto, but then it uh, it really expanded. Uh, so yeah, we collected uh, thirty six stories of those students uh, who died after the full scale Russian invasion, and uh, through the diplomas we told those stories. So each diploma has a picture of uh, a student, and it also it is um, it consists of two paragraphs. The first one is about the person, uh, about uh, his or her interests, um, I don't know, dreams, um, fields, er areas of study, etc. Uh, and uh, the second paragraph, the last one, is um, is about how the person died, and we also. Um, yeah, we also decided to put pictures uh, to those diplomas to like, so our visitors can can see those people not only not only listen not only read their stories, and we also included uh, the stories of those students who 
um, who took part, uh, who, who actually uh, were fighting on the front lines. And there are also stories of civilians who were, for example, you know, volunteering, uh, just living their lives and uh, one day killed by a missile, for example. So yeah, we have the stories of both. And these exhibitions, yeah, they were held in 22 countries. Um, it was more than 70 locations, uh, mainly those were universities, but in some cities there were also like main squares uh, or some other public places, but mainly, mainly universities. So can I ask a little bit about that, um, the, the traveling component, as it were, um, that this exhibition has been seen in different countries and different higher education institutions around the world and other places. How is it that the Unissued Diplomas Project works with these different locations? How does that happen that an exhibition is made possible in a, in a specific place? So we, uh, like as a core team of the project, we were exchange students from, from my university, from Cave University, National University of Cave Mohill Academy, and we were uh, temporarily studying in Canada at, um, at the University of Toronto. Uh, and we had this idea, so we started there, and uh, we had like a core team of or organizers there, but all of us, we also have a lot of friends, uh, a lot of students uh, from from our university and from other univer Ukrainian universities uh, that are temporarily studying abroad uh, in Europe, in many different countries, in North America. Uh, so we decided that as far as we have this community, as far as we have these like resource, <laughs> let's call it that, um, we can we can try to do something with that. So we can try to, uh, we, we will tell them the idea and we'll in this way, we'll find people to uh, who can like locally implement uh, this project. So that's how it started. We started to form these um, like database of our contacts of our friends and uh, who potentially can implement this exhibition. And then we uh, developed the idea, the main concept, we uh, like, yeah, we thought about everything and then we contacted them and asked if they were interested. Uh, and then it started like to to share really like fast and we didn't even expect it to be like that because uh, they they started telling their friends, friend of a friend, and uh, it also spread it to different like group chats and uh, our, I don't know, like people from other universities. So yeah, actually it started just from a group of friends and then it like extrapolated. <laughs> it's very exciting to see the power of networks and the power of social media, yeah. you know, doing such important work actually um, in our midst today. So the exhibitions that you've been doing are really very stark reminders to the world about the ongoing war between the Russian Federation and Ukraine and the price that everyday Ukrainians pay in their fight you know, against this aggression. Many of the people in our audience are really keen to try and support wherever they can, but they're not always sure where to start. I wonder if you could share some advice on how people in the EAA network might think about supporting students in Ukraine today. Yeah, so probably you've heard that like a million times and that might, might sound obvious, but from my perspective, like from my experience, it really works. Uh, while staying in Toronto, while being abroad, we all notice that like there is much less interest to what's going on in Ukraine last, like, I don't know, last months. Uh, 
these days because it's it's pretty natural and like it was expected uh but still it's important for us not to uh to do something with that so the first thing that i would say is important is to share the information like to remind about the ongoing war that it's still happening that we still have many losses and for example just two days ago we had a missile attack and like 150 people were like damaged and it's that's a huge number and it's happening every single day so but still there is much less information in the news about this uh comparing for example to like last year so that's why if you like if you follow the events if you know what's going on please do remind of that to your friends to your colleagues to your relatives i don't know I realize personally I realize that this topic might be sensitive it's really difficult like we we noticed that from our exhibitions it's difficult it's obvious that it's it's not something that people want to talk about but still it's important to remember and it's important to talk about because it's a reality where we live in um if you can like we will be extremely gr grateful if you can donate it's not only it's not about like some huge amounts of money or i don't know thousands or hundreds of dollars uh whatever it might be like just one one dollar or one euro that like if you do that every single day it's like your habit it really helps and um it might it might save someone's life so yeah like for me spreading the information it's something that everyone can do and if you can donate it's also a great great way to to help to support to demonstrate your uh your position on standing with us that's really great advice and i think very actionable by everyday people we can all do our part in those areas um, at the same time, you've actually had some uh, partners who I think have stepped up a little bit more than um, than what you've indicated just there. You've managed to work together with numerous partners, I understand, around the world to make this exhibition possible in different places and have received a, a variety of donations. Could you tell us a bit, a bit more about these partnerships and what those donations have been have made possible? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're totally right. We had a lot of partners and um First of all, those were universities and uh, those universities that supported and helped to implement exhibitions are where they were like the biggest, the biggest support, the biggest source of, um, yeah, of support for us uh, because they helped um, because, yeah, like while you are an exchange student, it's not always easy to understand how it all works from the inside, how to, where to go, whom to ask, what to do. So those universities, those uh, organizations inside the universities that um, did their best to to implement those exhibitions, we are extremely grateful for to them. Uh, we also had like, uh, in, in Toronto, I'll talk about, a lot about Toronto because I was there and like it was the main, the main place where it all started we had a lot of local uh local partners a lot of people who's helped us to to print the materials for free for example or to uh, locate the exhibition for free uh or to just even even to share the information about the project it was also a strong a strong source of support and uh we also consider those people to be our partners but actually, uh, talking about like we had a specific uh, financial goal and talking about this, uh, I would say that 
like the small donations made it possible. So uh, in general, we collected uh, like 16,600 Canadian dollars. Yeah, and I would say like mainly it came from, from small donations on our website, on uh, like people that came to our offline loca offline exhibitions, offline locations and donated by cash or by, I don't know, by um, using QR code and website. But yeah, so it it became possible through small, really small contributions. Again, just as you talked about the the spread by word of mouth of the initiative itself, it's just so um, gratifying to hear about individuals, you know, stepping mm -hmm. up and giving what they can and how together those individual donations can really add up to something meaningful. So that's very, very exciting and good to hear. I think good for the heart. Um, there really is so much beauty and inspiration in the work you're doing to ensure that the Ukrainian students lost to the war with Russia are remembered and honored. Yet, you know, as I reflect on it, this project's very name, Unissued Diplomas, really highlights the profound sense of loss and unfulfilled potential that we feel in the face of this terrible situation. How do you personally maintain your motivation and the energy to persist in your work with the initiative, with your studies, with your future plans? What hopes do you have for the future of students in Ukraine? Um, okay, honestly, it was it was complicated because I was in that process from the very beginning till the end, and like I read those stories at the moment when we collected them, like I edited them, I read and reread them like million times, and it's very it's it's it was complicated to combine it like not to take it personally every time because it wouldn't be possible like we wouldn't implement it if we would all take it personally so you have to like to somehow divide like this is uh yeah sometimes i read them uh, wrote, read them and cried but like you have to take this like as a project and like just to do it because you i know why i'm doing that um it was also complicated like to remind like we were all united by this big idea uh, to unite about the uh, to to remind about the ongoing war and to um, I don't know to acknowledge or to remind to acknowledge that our peer students are fighting and uh, we wanted to commemorate those who have already lost their lives but we also wanted to support those who are who are currently like risking their lives and who currently gave up everything or put on hold everything their education their dreams like absolutely everything to defend our country so it was really it was complicated to realize that i'm in a safe place i'm in canada like thousand kilometers away from home and i have this chance to um to gain this high quality education to do this project while somebody is uh currently on the battlefield while somebody like is in not it's not living in that comfortable um, conditions. And that's probably the main, I would say like the main motivation, the main thing that was driving all of us, like to remember that there are our peer students, our classmates actually, who, who are not currently here with us, who are currently, who sacrifice something. And we have to, we have to contribute to this war a lot. We have to do something from our side because they did a lot. So we have to do, we cannot do more, but we have to do at least that much as they did, at least, at least try to.
I think what you're saying is really um, incredibly powerful, you know, to recognize that we all have a role to play and whatever situation we are in, you know, rising to that moment and rising to that role um, is incredibly important. We are certainly beneficiaries of the work that you and your peers are doing, Darina, um, at this year's EAE conference in Rotterdam. We are honored to welcome the Unissued Diplomas Project as a part of our exhibition. And it's certainly been an incredible honor for me to be able to chat with you today and learn more about where this idea came from and what it has been doing. Thank you so much for taking the time and we really wish you and your um, co-colleagues in this work um, enormous um, good luck in, the, in moving forward with the project. Thank you a lot for your support and for standing with us because those you know, those organizations, those people who um, who wrote to us and like suggested to to place the exhibition, we're extremely grateful for them to them because it's like it's a big it's a big deal for us. It's really we we're extremely grateful and it's really important. So we appreciate that a lot. Thank you. It is our enormous pleasure and it's a big deal for us too. Thank you again, Darina. That was Darina Zaboronia, a project manager of the Unissued Diplomas Project honoring Ukrainian students whose lives have been lost as a result of the ongoing war with the Russian Federation. Attendees at the 33rd Annual EAE Conference and Exhibition in Rotterdam can visit the Unissued Diplomas installation in person in the Exhibition Hall, where there will also be two project representatives on hand to talk about this work. Our session notes for this episode contain links to a number of resources relevant to this discussion of memory, hope, and perseverance in Ukrainian higher education today. As we get closer to the 33rd Annual EAE Conference and Exhibition, we'd like to remind listeners that there's still time to register and join thousands of your peers in Rotterdam for this spectacular event. To help you get into the conference mood, we invite you to listen back to one of our previous podcast episodes featuring a conversation with Nanette Ritmeister, in which she shares all her favorite things about Rotterdam, or visit our blog post on the city, which we published on August 17th. You can find these resources on the blog and podcast section of our website at www.eae.org blog. As a reminder, the early bird deadline to register for our in-person academy course, How to Manage an International Office, is also fast approaching. Register by September 28th to receive a discount on your registration fee and gain the edge you need to take the next step in building your career in international higher education. To learn more, visit the training section of our website at www.eae.org training. Thank you for taking the time to tune into the EAE podcast. We'd be delighted if you encourage others in your network to listen and subscribe to our series. And we look forward to bringing you our next episode in just two weeks time. Until then, all good wishes to you from the EAE.